Welcome to the Earn Your Guns podcast. Where gear is cool, training is cooler, but being based in moral philosophy is what is best in life. Today we got super lucky and we're able to steal some of Ike's time from Big Tech's Ordinance. Volunteered to come on, chat with us about what he's doing down there in Texas. So I'll hand it over to Ike, do a little bit of intro. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be on. Um, yeah, so we, I'm Ike. Um, me and my wife own Big Tech's Ordinance and then also BTO Range and Training Center. You know, we do have an online site. Big Tech's Ordinance is like our e-commerce website, I guess. Um, we sell guns and gear and medical equipment and lights and holsters and mags and parts and barrels and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then BTO Range and Training Center, we opened up. We actually bought an existing range, um, I guess, May of 2021, and that's um, it's an indoor range. We have um, 25 yard, um, or sorry, 12 25 yard indoor lanes, and then 12 100 yard indoor lanes, um, and a big retail center there too. A lot of guns, where we kind of cover everything. Um, the online side, we focus more on like you know the serious use, you know, um, more tactical concealed carry. Um, more curated type of offering, I guess you could call it. And then the range is kind of like your local regular gun shop, which we bring a lot of the curated higher end stuff in there. But we also have just like the, the regular, you know, like the hunting rifles and shotguns and, you know, the 22s that people just want to go plank with and stuff. So, um, but that's, that's pretty much us. And um, yeah. So like Jake and I have been, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't made it down there yet, but uh it, it's it's cool, man. You got to come check it out. It's a it's actually a really big facility. Like I mean, for us, like um it's I think 25,000 square feet. Now a lot of that is the range, of course, having, you know, 1200 yard indoor lanes, but um it's it's a big spot. We we cram a lot of stuff in there, so <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, like Jake and I have been talking about and like I kind of talked to you beforehand. Uh, you know, I did four years riding a gun counter and led to uh, got a I've got a lot of a lot of animosity toward a lot of gun industry because of that. Oh yeah, but, no, I can I can relate. But big techs, I, I I like I like buying from you guys. Uh, you know, as far as the e-commerce side, I appreciate that I can go on there and I don't have to sift through. I don't feel like I have to sift through a bunch of bullshit. Like there's not filler product on there. It's kind of everything on there. It's like yeah, if you bought if you bought it from big techs, you probably got something that isn't garbage you know you've right. got <laughs> filster and you sell god uh, you know night stuff and you've got the night vision side of things and like a lot of really solid equipment on there but how, how how'd you end up starting the e-commerce gun industry thing how'd you end up getting into doing the big text ordinance thing so at the time i think it was 2013 i was working um as a process technician in the chemical plants um and the schedule that we worked was basically here was a split schedule rotating shift you know 12 hour shifts where you work days and nights and stuff but long story short i had basically 14 out of every 28 days off um you know i'd work three have a couple off work four have a couple more off but um it was nights and days and stuff but i had a lot of time off so i ended up getting a job at a local gun store back there in 2012 or 2013 just to kind of fill the time, you know, um, we were, um, I guess I'd just gotten married. Um, I think we got married in 2013. Oh, I know we got married in 2013. Maddie's going to watch it. Good save, Mike. Good save. Uh, 
I know for a fact we got married in 2013. But anyways, I was working at a gun counter, you know, just try, getting into guns, trying to be in the industry, you know. And then um, it was shortly after we got married because we got married in March 29th, 2013. Um, shortly after we got married, um, my wife and I were trying to figure out a way that we could be in the industry kind of on our own, you know, not with the gun store and stuff. So at the time, Cut was just becoming really popular. Um, and we decided to, you know, take a look at that and try that out. So I had a 1994 F-150, that was a cab and a half with the two gas tanks and stuff. So I sold that for like, I don't know, like 1500 bucks or something. That was like my, my extra car. Um, so I sold that and we went out to Harbor Freight and we bought a sandblast cabinet and then like a little, small little air compressor. You know, we built a, went to the Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, bought some two by fours and some plastic wrap um, and made us a little spray booth and stuff. And we bought some Cerakote and decided to start playing with it. Um, the first ones we did, you have to cure it, you know, with heat mm-hmm. and stuff. So we put that in the, in the kitchen oven and we cured it in there. Uh, but we set all this up in our garage. Uh, we quickly realized that the little air compressor we had wasn't going to run um, the sandblast cabinet with as much velocity or much, uh, I guess, flow that you need. So we sold that, bought a new three-phase, had to get three-phase wiring to the garage and all that. But anyways, we started with Cerakote. Um, so we did that for a while. Or I say a while, like maybe six to 12 months. It wasn't very long. We ended up moving to Dayton and um, we decided just to sell off all the equipment and go into retail. Um, so we sold off all the equipment, which it's, I say all the equipment, there's a sandblast cabinet and a, and a air compressor. Um, so we sold that off and then we had like a little 10 by seven shed out in the back behind the house. And we had um, like, we bought one shelving unit and then we um, bought some stuff to sell. So we had, there was like my little desk, a little laptop, and we had one shelf. And then we were, you know, made up a website and stuff and put some stuff up there. And, you know, we're packing P mags on the kitchen table, um, you know, doing everything out of the house. We did that for a while. And we moved, um, ended up moving up here where we are now to Conroe, Montgomery area. And we, so we owned the house there. And then when we moved up here, we were looking for, you know, the place that we could run it out of. And, you know, we're moving from the 10 by seven, we found a storage unit. So, you know, like if you walk into the big storage unit complex, you know, you've got just rows and rows of storage units. We were like in the middle, we had a 10 by a 10 by 15. So we got 30 square feet um, or not 30 square feet, 300 square feet. Um, math is hard uh, or 150 math. square feet. Uh, anyways, don't do math in public. Um, <laughs> right. I've already jacked this up like five times. Anyways, there's 10 by 15. Y'all can do the math at home um, on how big that was. Uh, so we, we, we're running it out of there. So we, we didn't have internet, of course. Um, so we stored everything in there. We'd go print the orders off at home, bring it up to, to there, pack everything up, and then go drop it off um, at the front because they had like a USPS uh, pickup or whatever. So we did that. Uh, we upgraded. We got another 10 by 15 that was right next to it. And we cut the cut the door out. So like we had now a 10, two 10 by 15s. Then we um, did that for probably a year or two. And the whole time I'm still working full time. So you know, I'm working nights. I'd go there, you know, on the way home, get there like six, you know, get up here about six, work till like seven or eight in the morning, go to go to bed, get up, come up here about two or three in the afternoon, work for a little bit and then go down to the plants. And then, you know, the whole time Maddie's over there, she's basically carrying the weight. I'm over there being the guy on Facebook and, you know, pushing everything. And she's the one like packing all the orders and, you know, taking everything in and all that kind of stuff. We upgraded to a new unit and then, um, Eventually, we finally got where we're at now, um, which I'm 
I'm in the new warehouse facility right now in the podcast room, actually. And this is our 9,600 square foot um, office slash warehouse that we that we run out of, everything out of now. But that was kind of the evolution over the years, I guess. So 2014 is about when we launched the online side, you know, moving from Sierra Coat to online retail. And now we're, you know, January of 23. So. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. Yeah. I I love I love the hustle. I love <laughs> stories like that. Uh, how how do you decide what you carry? So like like I mentioned, it seems like pretty much all, all the product on your website is it's pretty well it's from pretty, pretty well curated at least. On yeah. The, on the, on the it, online side. If, if it, at least the impression I get is like there was some, <laughs> there's some thought put into that, right? You're not just going on RSR and just grabbing whatever is most popular for the month and selling right. much of that for now like yeah so the whole reason we started this was like i was getting into guns and you know it's an expensive hobby so i'm like hey if i'm a dealer i can buy all this stuff at cost and like save a ton of money well that didn't work because i ended up buying more you know because it's cheaper so you have to buy more of it right so um yeah that that was that's not a good um philosophy to have i guess but that was basically how we started it was all stuff that that i would use or that i would carry um, you know, it's and most of the products today are stuff that um, that we have personal experience with and stuff that we use. Um, we ha- we're a small company still. I mean, we've we've had some growth over the years, but um, we don't have a lot of capital to play with. So we figure whatever capital we have, whatever cash we have, we want to put that into you know into st- into into good stuff. We don't want to carry a bunch of junk, and we want to carry stuff that that we would stand behind and use ourselves. And kind of our approach is good, better, best. Like we can't we can't just be nothing but LMT and Knights Armament, and you know you got to have the other stuff too. But there's a there's a minimum requirement, I guess, that has to be met. And just because something's expensive doesn't make it good. There's still very good options that don't cost as much as a staccato. I mean, like, you know, you can do a lot of work with a, with a stock Glock, change out the sights or something. Mm-hmm. And you can also do a lot of good work with a staccato. Um, but I mean, you can buy four staccato, four clocks for the price of a staccato, you know? So just because it's expensive, we're not just the expensive store. Cause there's a lot of expensive junk out there too. I mean, you can spend a couple grand and get an absolute pile of shit. Um, am I allowed to cuss? Oh Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I figured, I figured, but you, you never know. But I mean, like, um, you know, so we're not just the expensive place. We're, you know, I guess purpose driven, I guess you could call it. And it's all, it's all stuff that we would stand behind and, and use ourselves. That's kind of been our whole approach to it. So other than like, it's that- cool. Why, why guns, man? Like, why did you decide one day? Like, I just want to be like, how did you find your way into that, man? I don't know. So like we all always grew up with guns, you know, hunting and all that stuff, you know, guns okay. were, uh, they were around. It wasn't like a big part of our lives growing up, but like, what? um, when I was 10 years old, uh, our, my late granddad always gave us, um, all the kids when they turned 10, a, uh, a Marlin thirty thirty lever action for their 10th birthday. You know, so I, I've got that. It's still in the safe. Um, shot that quite a bit. Um, but so like we always had guns and stuff, but it wasn't ever like, I guess to the extent that it is now. And then I guess back, back then, 2013, 2012 ish, I was starting to get more into it. Like, you know, the personal protection side of it. Um, at that point, I really wasn't into like the AR 15 side and, you know, that the tactical, if you want to call it side, but more of like the personal protection, the concealed carry, I was getting into that. And, um, 
you know, I wanted to, I had all this free time, so I wanted to do something with it. Um, I've always kind of had little side hustles all the way, you know, for as long as I can remember. So I was like, yeah, let's try this. And, you know, it, it kind of, I guess I had the passion for it. And then, you know, the passion just kind of fed into, into all this, but. Um, okay. So, so I guess another, another way to put it, uh, I, I kind of had to refine my question a little bit. Like, so, but what gave you like, you know, like you say, purpose, purpose driven, right? Like, how did you become like the, the, the de facto, you know, arms dealer of choice there to like the purpose driven training community or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so people get, you know, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're asking now. Um, so like right at that time I was starting to, you know, going into taking these classes, like, you know, with Steve Fisher and Aaron Cowan and all these other, you know, folks, um, and kind of hanging around that community a little bit. And, um, I don't know, I get like, just, th- I was taking a bunch of classes, like always going to classes. That was like my hobby, you know, um, some folks play golf, some play you know video games or whatever. I was going to take classes and, um, yeah. I guess we just, it was the perfect storm of getting in with all these instructors and stuff. And they apparently thought I was cool and I liked them and, you know, it, and then it just kind of, you know, cause we have really good relationships with like a lot of the, the big names out there. And I'm not trying to brag. It's just like a lot of these guys are my friends and, you know, been knowing a lot of these people for, for quite a while. So, um, I think it, and that's one of the things that really helped us grow is getting in with these people and just, um, all these instructors and just kind of building those relationships. And then it started, you know, paying off down the road. Um, does that kind of answer your question or? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just, I was curious how it became what it was. I mean, I'm not sure yeah. what exact period you're talking about, but like, you know, I kind of became aware. Mm, I'm going to say like maybe 2017, 2018, you know, kind of coincided, you know, the first like shooter symposium and all that. I remember mm-hmm. you, you, you showed up out there and, you know, I yeah. And I've been knowing Shockey for years before that. Cause he was somewhat local to us, you know, down there in Eagle right, Lake yeah, yeah. and he, he would host instructors out there. So, um, he, I took a lot of classes out there at Eagle Lake because he would bring in all these guys, um, trying to, you know, um, he wanted to take classes. So he would host and he had this place to host or had access yep. to the ranch or before it was the ranch. Um, and right. so I ended up taking a lot of classes with him and then he's like, Hey, we're going to try this shooter symposium thing. I'm like, Oh, that sounds awesome. So we showed up there. There was like, I think us rail scales, maybe sons of Liberty. There's like four vendors, you know, out there. There was, like, there was, like, there was a few vendors that kind of like, you know, at the time they, I don't think they were nearly as big as they are now, you know, like, yeah. And it all came up because I was, I mean, all these things kind of like, like you said, it was, it was like a perfect storm. Some of these things developed together. And like mm-hmm. I said, this kind of coincides with when, when I got interested in all this and, you know, I became a customer and, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, we're, you know, I think we're, you know, friends at this point, you know, you and, you know, your wife, your brother, your, you know, crazy and all the, you know, all the dudes down there, you know, like, and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been great. You know, like you said, it's, it's like, relationships are really like everything right you know absolutely like yeah everything like, just like, kind of like baron i turned on people like baron that like you know through you know my uh my, my spreading the word and it's like and i don't know anybody who doesn't like doing business with y'all like mm-hmm. you know and like genuinely feels good about it you know like that's what we were talking about there's some of these people that you just you feel kind of you, you'll deal with them but you feel kind of dirty when you do 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or even like, you know, there's, there's other companies like I, I don't, I don't mind shopping on Brownells. You know, they, I, I went to Pine Tech for gunsmithing before I got into my oh. current job. Um, and, you know, like they've, they're a great source for pretty much all of the gunsmithing tools you need. And like, I, I took stuff last week from them. <laughs> yeah. I love Brownells. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I, you know, I think they've got some cool projects and stuff like that. Um, you know, I took their, one of their guys came to our school and did their coding class. So, you know, learned about KG gun coat and Cerakote and all that yeah. stuff. So like, there's some, there's some really cool people down there, but they, the company itself doesn't have the, like, like big techs has its own personality. And I think a big part of that is like, it's got, it's got a soul. Like if feel like the, those big <laughs> things, like they feel kind of soulless after they get too big. They feel kind of soulless. Like Brownells probably started small, I think, but. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah and they're an but, old company. Old, but, old company. But once again, like they grew. And like I said, now I think that they, they, they lost something along the way, you know, like, whereas like, I feel like big tech still kind of has that. Yeah, we're trying really character. hard to hold on to that. Like, we don't want to be just this like you know faceless, soulless corporation, you know, which we're nowhere near that like size. Um, I'm not trying no, to compare I, ourselves I with you. Brownells, but like we want to. Maddie and I are still involved in you know all the day to day operations and decisions and everything, and we uh, still want to keep that. I've, I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the way, <laughs> like you know, like it's it's awesome, and like I I know every person that works there pretty much. Like, and that's that's cool, you know. Yeah, we're we're trying really hard to keep that, um, and you know that's we want to stay true to where we started, and you know, and as we continue to grow and go down this journey, we want to, you know, just stay, keep that that cool, I guess, factor, you know, that nice little. I really can't think of the word right now, but you know that we want to keep it. I guess mm-hmm. is the best I can come up with right now. But yeah, it's kind of intangible, right? It's hard to describe what it is, but there's there, there's something about it. You know it when you see it, kind of deal. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like, and that's, that's awesome, man. You know? And that was one of the things Jake and I were talking about that I wanted to ask you about is like, what's like, if, if, if you've articulated one, like what's, what's the, the big why for why you run big techs the way you do? Like what, what drives your crew there to create the character of a company that you have? Yeah, so I guess the main thing is just you know be cool. I'm um, uh, like, <laughs> like it's life's the too dude, short to you know, yeah. <laughs> the dude abides. <laughs> yeah, there's a. I don't know if you can see it. There's a glare back there, but that's a Lauren Minsky. Uh, there's the dude with a, with. I think it's a python or something. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, no, but like it's it's like, you know. One one of the things we can do is we can have a positive impact on the people that work for us and also the people that people that we come in into you know have interactions with. So, like, why waste all this energy being you know not being cool? I guess. Um, but but we're trying but, to. But people do it. That's the whole point. Like, and we don't I, we, like, we don't get why. Like, especially. Sorry, I'll 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 let you get back on it quick. You know, sure. No, you're good. Just just to add on to this, it's like, you know the gun industry for some reason is this really weird thing that thinks it's special and unique and that like good principles and practices of business don't apply here. You ever notice that it's like, Oh yeah. People go out of their way to just generally be shitty. Like, and why for what? Like it doesn't get you anything. So, yeah. Like we won't, we won't name specific companies on here. Cause we've been asked not to, but 
you know, there's some current internet drama between some individuals over people being it's, shitty. It's like, petty. It's so fucking, there's so there's fucking always funny. drama. Oh, always. It's, it's insane. No, but like, uh, you know, one of our things is just basic sound business principles. You know, fast shipping being the Amazon of the gun industry is kind of like what we like to think of. Our customer service is great. You know, um, we found uh, we have there's only so many hours in a day. So the faster we can resolve somebody's issue instead of going back and forth on like, well, did you do that? You know, like, Oh, sorry, we, we, we fucked up. How can we make it right? You know, we'll send you a new one. Boom. Overnight it, give you a $10 gift card too. you know, if here's our mistake or if you want, want to return it, we cover shipping both ways. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's just, it, we run, it, it's a couple things. It, number one, the customer has a better interaction. Number two, we're more efficient because we're not spending all this time on the customer service side trying to address all these issues because the script is there's an issue we fix it everyone from the lowest customer service level all the way up to whoever um they're fully authorized to do whatever it takes to make the customer happy you know like we don't we're not gonna we don't want the drama we don't want the you know the hassle we're just there's an issue let's fix it get it resolved as soon as possible make sure the customer is as happy as possible and then everyone ends up being better so they don't have to do a bunch of back and forth. The customer doesn't doesn't you know get angrier and angrier, and everything gets resolved quicker. And then, um, like you said, you know the gun industry thinks they're somehow above you know not um, where they they have a free reign to just basically be a dick if they want to you know. And I don't like if you, if you go to any other industry, I guess you're probably not going to see that it's somehow unique to this industry. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's all the, the wannabe alphas because there's, there's alphas and there's people that think they're alphas. And then I think those are worse than the alphas. Yeah. I don't know if it's that or um, I don't know what it is, but um, we're, we try and be different and just, I mean, it's not that hard. Like anybody can copy what we're doing. You know, it's, it's not really that hard. It's just like, don't be a dick and be cool. You know I mean? Like it's, if you had to sum it up, just, don't waste time on the little stuff and just focus on the bigger thing, you know, if that makes how sense. You, how did you learn that, man? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, cause again, you know, your background sounds like pretty simple. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you like, do you, do you have like a lot of like formal educate? You seem like you're mostly like kind of self-educated. Like I know you read a lot, which I think is like awesome. And I see, you know, the little, the little, uh, the little Ike book club, you know, like, and a lot of it's, uh, a lot of it's like nonfiction. It's books about like business and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, completed high school and then I went to, uh, a trade school and got a certificate, no degree just went, it took me two years cause I went at night cause I was working during the day. So I took night classes and stuff. Um, it's a one year certificate that I got, but it took me two years because you know, the abbreviated schedule. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, formal training or anything like that um just kind of figured it out as we went along and just basically made it up as we went along um i mean it's just and i think that's kind of our advantage is we don't have all this you know institutional knowledge or whatever that's saying you know look at the metrics and well if you're refunding this money then you're you know that doesn't make good business sense. Well, it probably doesn't make good business sense. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have any business training. It's all kind of well, stuff that I've learned. But it's working. It's working so far. So I think that's kind of the advantage that we have is I look at it from, you know, the customer's aspect, the marketing aspect, and not so much the numbers aspect and which the numbers are important. I've had to learn that. And that's been one of the big 
you know, struggles going forward is taking an idiot like me that's all of a sudden, because it started out as a hobby. Like it started small, like literally, and then it just kept on growing. And we're like, holy shit, how do we, like, I have no idea what we're doing. So that's been part of the struggle for us. But I think it's also like our biggest advantage is where we don't look at it from a numbers perspective. Um, we look at it from just like what what would a good person do and what what makes what makes the most sense for the customer, you know? And I think that's kind of how we stand out. Um, yeah, man. Like, but, but again, this was like somebody who had like an MBA, this would probably like blow their fucking mind, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the stuff we do doesn't make good business sense. Um, you know, but, 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 but in you some know, ways, like I said, it's, 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 but it, it's oddly working. Like, yeah, you know? it's, it's working. So we've, um, it's, it's working now. So hopefully it continues to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for all the, uh, frustrations and faults of the gun industry that is one thing that i i would say probably what your your model plays well to is the fact that this is also a very intimate community like mm -hmm. you know it's like i don't i don't have a relationship with anybody at ford like just right. drive their car right but you know gun industry stuff like it's pretty most most of the like even if at the manufacturer level like you know i've I, like FN, for example, I had a question on some of their stuff once upon a time. So I was like, well, I heard one of their engineers on primary and secondary one time. I don't know, I'm just oh, going to send this. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, I'll just send Tom a message on Facebook. And like, yeah, he responded and answered all my questions. Like a, a lot of these people are surprisingly accessible. Whereas, oh, yeah. I mean, if you like there's there's all kinds of, you know, big names out there that are, you know, pretty big people in the, in the industry that are surprisingly accessible, like, you know, perfect example, like you said, is Tom Victor, one of the F engineers at FN. I think he's largely responsible for the 509. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you're over there hitting him up. That's, that's pretty dang cool. Like, I don't think you can go find the, the, the guy that designed the F-150 or, you know, or something, you know, um, yeah, exactly. I don't think you can go hit him up and ask him a question on the, uh, stuff like that. So I think that's, that's definitely a pretty cool aspect. That's probably unique to this industry. And there's, I'm sure there's other industries on a smaller level that are like that, but I mean, FN's a huge company mm -hmm. and to have that level of access is, is pretty dang cool. And that's just one example. I could probably come up with another 10 or 20 just right off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah. You look at like, you know, it's another one that jumps out to me is like nights. I mean, it's it's You'll really see Trey easy. coming in. Trey Knight himself will be over yeah. there commenting on random Facebook posts. You know, like mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's like it's the yeah the man himself. You know, and you got guys like good. I was just saying, you got guys like Ash and Jack over there too. Like oh yeah, very active on social media, very accessible dudes. They're always commenting on stuff as well. Like very active, especially Jack and S Ash. Jack <laughs> and Ash, yeah, they're very very active and. To be the level, especially like that Jack and, and him and Ash are like, that's pretty high level at a pretty huge company. And mm -hmm. to be that accessible is insane. Or Sons of Liberty. I mean, Mike is constantly yeah. on the internet. Yeah, like he's giving out his Mike. phone yeah. number. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. You could text like, Mike. Like, <laughs> and that's, and that's pretty wild. Like, I guess that's the whole thing, man. It's like what it's like, the, it's like the highs and the lows, right? Like you have something like that. That's like, that's like, that's pretty great. But then, so like when people like, behave badly it just looks that much worse you know oh there's yeah no, there's like no in between it's either like this is super cool or like really douchey and it's a small industry there's really no place to hide you know like yeah. if 
the the dirty laundry usually comes out fairly quickly. You know, it's yeah. It's, I, I think most people inadvertently actually like air it out too. Like I don't even think they yeah. realize that, like they're doing it. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess my 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 point there was though, you know, if you've got you have all that accessibility in in the industry and you are more concerned about the customer like that that gets out, man. Like that, that p- people talk to their other friends and like yeah, if they had a good interaction with big techs, even if they screwed something up on on the customer end, like they still took care of me. That gets passed along yeah that's one of the biggest you know i guess advertisements that we've had is the word of mouth like that's that's how we grew we don't have we can't advertise on facebook or google or youtube you know so like it it all has to come organically and you know luckily we've have had a have a lot of good folks saying a lot of good things about us so that that's that's a huge thing and that's literally how we grew from where where we were to where we are now yeah, so with the, I think, the, I think getting in with the training, you know, the training events in the world, like that was a big, that was a real, like, real smart move. And, uh, like, dude, I, I told you years ago, like that, that t-shirt program, you know, for the training. Oh thing. yeah. Yeah. Like, you take advantage. You're, you're, you're fully, you're fully invested in that man, bro. I made like $500 that first year. Yeah, I know, man. He's fucking it like, killing it. It was crazy, you know, but that, that was such a brilliant little like marketing move, man. Well, we figure like the guys that are out there training, like are going to be around other guys that are training and that's who we cater to. So if you walk up to a class, like a Bill Blowers class and there's seven dudes wearing our shirt, like that's, 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 you can't pay for marketing like that. I mean, we, we, we try to, but like, I mean, if, if, no, if I wanted to go out and have that impact, like there's, there's no other way to do that. It's, it's, it ended up being, it's, it's perfect, you know? Because that's Brilliant. exactly who that's the customer that we want. That's the customer that our whole business is designed for. And yeah, it's that's, that's how like, we reach that's them. the most that's the most targeted targeted marketing possible. Like, you know, like I said, every time I'm out there, people like notice they're like, oh yeah, you know, big, big text ordinance. Like either they know, and they're like, oh, you work for big text? No, <laughs> like, or or what's that? Uh, tell them like, oh, that's cool. You know, he's it. It's that's the most directed directed selling you could possibly so, have with the the range and the training side of things i'm i'm curious what what drove you guys to get into that because I, I i haven't ever the gun shop i worked at didn't have a range but mm-hmm. i know people that have dealt with opening and running ranges like that shit is expensive <laughs> it's not cheap man the, the electric bill just to run those ac units is holy shit i the first one came in i'm like oh god damn uh, yeah so we've always wanted to kind of have like a, I guess like a, uh, a retail store where we can like a, a home where people can come in and, you know, say hi and hang out and, you know, come check out what big Tex is. Um, then there's this range here it used to be called shooter station right here in Conroe, really close to where the warehouse is right down the road. And we, we shot there like that used to be where we'd go and shoot. Um, and then it came up for sale. And at the time, like we, we were way smaller than we were, like wasn't even a possibility for us. And we sat on it about a year. We we grew a little bit, and then we were like, "Man, you know, I bet you, I bet you, we could we could try and do this thing." So we ended up, you know, went through the whole process, ended up buying it and everything. Um, the only way we'd want to have a gun shop 
is with the range, you know, because the range pushes traffic. We want to have a place to come shoot because we're shooters, you know, and the, the stuff we do, the people we attract are shooters. So we want to have a place where people can shoot. And we also wanted to have a place where we could, you know, host classes and stuff because that was a big part of our history and, you know, what kind of we like doing. So it just made sense. This was a, a good facility. Um, it's big enough. It's close enough. And it has has it's not perfect it's like for the classes and stuff it's not ideal ideally you'd have like a a 50 yard wide outdoor bay that's you know 200 yards deep and stuff where we have some size constraints there and stuff but we've hosted chuck pressburg we've had scott jedlinski just wrapped up um uh john defrain's coming out or he has been out aaron cowan's been out brian valiz is coming out again um we've hosted some pretty decent names and we have some more big names coming up for this year. Um, Blowers is coming down. Chuck Pressburg's coming back. Aaron Cowan's coming back. You know, Scott's coming back again. We're trying to grab more of those people in, but we really wanted a place that we could, that people could come see us, you know, and hang out and say hi. And then um, a place where we could host training. So um, we've got the big pro shop over there, or I guess you could call it that. It's like a regular gun shop has like 1500 guns in stock and then slings and optics and all the accessories but then we also have the good you know range side of it too so it ended up being just kind of like one of those perfect things with our location its location the timing like it all just kind of came together and that's kind of it made sense for us here's the next logical move i guess nice yeah and i think well like like you said that's kind of where you, where you got your start is with that training community. But I, I, I was excited to see that because I also know if you have that interaction. So like the gun shop I worked at started because one of the owners got, you know, she's a woman in the gun industry. So she got really tired of going to gun shops, trying to get what she wanted and getting sold to by a bunch of FUDs. Like that's basically yeah. it. So she got mad and started her own, nice. her own store. Like with that, like because she's a competitor, like ended up hiring a bunch of other people initially that also were shooters. Um, you know, product line reflected that the customer support reflected that. So yeah, that I was, I was excited to see that you guys were opening a range and yeah, I hope it, man, that's what I'll do. Jake, whenever I decide to take Pressburg's no fail pistol again, we'll, uh, we'll meet up down there. Down in April. Place. He's coming in April. I am. I am booked up for the year on training classes, but ah. it'll it'll come. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So, good. if I can ask, if this isn't like digging digging in too much to the uh, the skunk work side of big techs, like what what do you guys plan on doing next? You know, what is there other other portions of the market you're trying to get into? Like, like I know you guys sell night vision, which to me not not being in the night vision realm seems kind of like kind of like kind of a mythical piece of retail. Yeah. Um, you know, like stuff like that. Seem, it, would, it would seem to me like that's a, a hard piece to cater to. Um, it really is. Um, so we've dabbled in night vision. Our biggest thing, like, you know, from the very beginning is if it's on the website, it's in stock. Like I'll go back there and gra- I can grab it off the shelf right now. We don't do any drop shipping. We don't do any pre-orders, back orders. We're not going to take your money unless, uh, unless we have it. So in the night vision world, you go, Oh, I want to buy some night vision. Cool. I'm going to go buy this. It's made to order. So you're waiting, you know, anywhere from three to three months to six or three, three weeks in some cases, you know, to six months for them to 
get the tubes in, build it, all this stuff. So our thing was like, hey, we're going to go buy this night vision. And then you buy it, boom, free free next day air shipping to you. So like you're buying it here and then you get it tomorrow. And if you're buying like a ten or $12,000 piece of equipment, you know, I, I kind of want that the next day. I don't want to wait three, six months for it. You know, that's kind of how I am. So we dabbled in that. And that was kind of like our stick, you know, keeping with what we do is, you know, it's in stock. It ships, um, you know, today or tomorrow if if it's if it's after like 3 p.m. But um, so we we kind of dabbled in that. But night vision is insanely expensive. Um, like to have five pieces of night vision on the on the shop on the shelf is the same as having like I don't I don't know how many clocks. You know, like what that translates to. It's a big um, it's a uh, big capital ball, ballpark. You know, we'll say they're what you know, ten grand a piece. We'll throw a number out there, right? Yeah, that's fifty thousand dollars. Like, how many guns is that? Yeah, it's like fifty guns, you fifty clocks, you know, like five hundred you know bucks. I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I think that math checks out. I don't know. Anyways, it's math is hard. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, don't try to do it. Live. But so, we've kind of taken a break from the night vision just because um, we've been a little bit overstocked on stuff, and we're trying to trying to get the inventory numbers down to a healthy level, um, and then not having twenty grand or fifty grand tied up in night vision is going to help us get there. Um, and then there's also some other companies that are stepping up that are producing quick ship night vision. Um, and we want like night vision is a whole different animal. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And if you have to really do a lot of research or hopefully you are before you go and drop 15, 10 grand, you know, on something. Um, but so we, we have, even on that selection, you know, we just had a curated, you know, we only did white foss. We only did, you know, tubes that met a certain spec and we only offered PBS 14s, RNVGs and DTMVGs or DTMVSs now. But um, then of course the team Wendy and the Wilcox mounts for it and stuff. Um, but yeah, the night vision is, is definitely a, a, diff, a different beast. And we're probably going to get back into that um, coming up in 20, 23 now we want to kind of get back to that start offering that again but also what we're doing um the next thing for us i guess going back to your question i'm kind of beating around the bush there um next thing we're doing is we're launching a new brand it's still fully under the big techs family and everything but it's going to be called kratos design group and if you're up to date on your greek mythology and stuff kratos is like the um the personification of strength and, and power um nike's his brother um he's he's got some cool stuff to it there's not a whole lot on him um he's actually only mentioned a couple times in greek mythology but anyways um kratos design group um we have a really cool logo you can go to kratosdesigngroup.com and you can see the logo it's got a coming soon um i see he's typing it in there right now yep. <laughs> but um and it's got like the omega and i know that um He's got a cool snake on there and stuff. Anyways, it's a cool logo. Really proud of the logo. But basically, we sit around the, the lunch table or, you know, at a shooting event or something or just hanging out. And we're like, hey, um, man, you know what? You know what they should make is is this thing right here. This would, like, solve this issue here. It'd be really cool. But nobody's making it. Man, I wish somebody would make that. Yeah, me too, man. And then, like, that's all that happens with it. So now we're going to – this is going to be our way to, hey, that's a cool idea. Let's Let's go make that. You know, so we're not going to we're not buying, you know, CNC machines or anything like that, fifth access machines or anything like that. But we're going to be on like the design side and then go, you know, get that made somewhere. And and that'll be like our kind of skunk works program, I guess. Um, But um, we're launching later this year. We're we're working on a gas block. So we're doing the gas block. It's a stupid, simple gas block. It's the same as every other gas block out there. It's nothing special. We're not trying to say it's anything special. It's just a 4140 steel. 
it's made to that's made properly um, but what this is doing is it's giving us a chance to kind of go through the design process you know getting prints done and you know the qc process and getting our feet wet with everything get that done and we're probably going to be making like some receiver extensions for ars to kind of just a simple simple design nothing revolutionary just you know kind of a me too kind of thing it's just you know everyone else is doing it we're doing it too um but this will allow us to kind of get our feet wet in the whole design and manufacturing and all that kind of process and then when we have one of these ideas we can we're better equipped to go execute on it but so we're going to launch with the gas block and the receiver extension just to kind of get out there and kind of dabble into this and then hopefully well some of these other ideas we have we can start pushing those out but we cool. have another idea too that I can't talk about, um, but it's it's in the works too, and um, so that'll be a new product, not not just another gas block, not just mm -hmm. another buffer tube, but um, but yeah, so that's the next big thing for us, and then just continuing to keep doing what we're doing, um, getting everything you know kind of stable. We've had so much growth, and it's been a crazy journey. We're just trying to kind of get on some firm footing and. And also pump up the training side on the the BTO range. Really want to focus on bringing a lot of instructors in this coming year, um, and really get that pumping up. But yeah, Kratos Design Group—that'll be the uh, the name of the new new venture. Well, that's awesome. I'll I'll, I'll definitely be watching for that. I love I love me some God of War too. So not gonna lie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So there's actually a, there's a like a missile defense system. Um, like he's Kratos, I guess, was in a video game, God of War, I guess. And then there's also like a publicly traded company called Kratos um, Industries or, or something. Um, they're like a they do like missile tracking or something. It's uh, Kratos it. Defense, something like that. But they're publicly traded and all that. But um, yeah, there's. I wanted to do something with Greek mythology because I love ancient Greek and Roman history, you know. So I wanted to somehow tie that in. Um, and Kratos was one of the ones I thought was pretty cool. So, yeah, just a cool way yeah, to have a little fun side project. That is cool, man. Like I said, maybe maybe that's actually a a fun segue. We can talk about uh, you know, your other interests. You know, what you like to what you like to read. You know, like I said, being yeah, you know, being, I'm being, actually being a, normal, being a normal person. Don't be weird at fucking parties <laughs> and shit. You know, kind of yeah, I didn't thing. I didn't know the Ike Book Club was a thing. I need to hear more about that. So. <laughs> Because like yeah. we have we have Mike Green on, and I ended up grabbing a whole bunch of books that he talked about. So I am here for that. I would love to hear about what you read, and yeah, what it, yeah, what, I mean, I'm gonna have to yeah. go check out the Mike Green episode now. I'm always looking for suggestions, so yeah, you, you should. It's, cool. it, it's a banger, man. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. We're, we're we need to have him on our podcast here pretty soon. You should. He was happen. he was so cool to have a conversation with. Like, yeah, I think we've both decided he's going to be a. a frequent flyer on the podcast because nice that 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 guy has he's one like i, I don't know if he'd acknowledge it but he's 100 pound brain kind of dude so hey he's just, he's just the wealth of knowledge he's just one of those people like you know just just worth listening to talking to you know <laughs> yeah but yeah tell me about the the ike book club and whatever yeah whatever you do that isn't isn't guns because this 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 isn't a gun podcast like we talk about guns, it's, yeah. We're, we're proximate to guns, though. It's not. We're not <laughs> here to talk about gears. Yeah, Jason. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess last year I started keeping a log of everything that I read, just for my own kind of 
just to see kind of what I read because I knew I read a little bit, but I wanted to see like actually how many I did and like what genres and you know how many pages it was and all that kind of stuff. So I started keeping a book log just on Google Sheets, and um, I made that sheets public. I can shoot you a link here. Um, actually, I think I can do it in the chat. But awesome. I, I d- um, let me see if I can pull it up. But anyways, I just started keeping a log of what I what I'm reading and. Um, I started sharing that and people keep, people kept asking. So I made it public on what I was reading. Cause I started putting like not reviews, but just kind of, um, I guess like my thoughts on some books, it's not really a review, but like if I read a good book, I'd make a quick little post about it, take a picture, put it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, but so yeah, 2021, I started keeping track of everything and I'm looking it up in that year. I read 62 books and then 2022 I finished, um, 53. Um, but I read a lot of stuff. I read very little fiction, maybe three to five fiction books a year. Um, most of it's, I kind of bounce around from different topics like, um, you know, business development stuff, psychology, really into like this, the, uh, you know, um, um behavioral economics i guess that that's a topic that's kind of interesting is interesting to me um i'll read some autobiographies and stuff a lot of history really into history now um, a lot of you know philosophy getting into kind of stoicism in the past couple of years and reading up on that um you know some stuff from marcus aurelius and seneca and all those guys um and just all over the place but a lot of very little fiction just mainly um just all kinds of stuff, you know? So, uh, started tracking it this year. Um, now it's kind of a thing where people, people look forward to it, I guess, but, um, I like reading all kinds of different stuff, but, um, and it kind of comes and goes like right now or for a while I was on a big history kick. I read a lot of history books or not a lot, but decent amount and just kind of flip flops around, but yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what you're talking about, I look forward to those, those posts that you, you know, you put up on your personal Facebook about different stuff you're reading. It gives me a lot of, you know, ideas, stuff I want to go check out. Um, I don't have as much time these days, ironically, because I like, I, I read, I read for school. So, and, yeah. And like, oddly enough, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a philosophy major and a, and a history minor. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like posting those. Like I'll, if it's something I'm really interested in, I'll post about it because that usually spurs a conversation and I'll get recommendations from other people that have like a similar interest. So that's, that's my main motivation for posting that stuff is it, the con- the feedback that I get on other stuff to go, to go by. And one thing I've done too, that's really, really helped. I got this pretty decent bookcase at hell at the, at the home. What I'll do is I'll, if there's like a topic I'm interested in, I'll go buy a bunch of books on it or something. And just I'm maybe three years, like this, a book I just finished, I've had for three or four years, never picked it up, but I finally got around to it. But like my, my interests kind of shift and kind of ebb and flow. So oh, if yeah. I have, if I have the, the book there, I, if I'm in that mood, I can go pick it up and start reading it. And I usually read like six or seven different books at a time. I'll just kind of bounce back and forth. But um, like Amazon, like if you go on Amazon and you'll go find this book or whatever. And then what you can do is you can like search for more buying options and you can go look for used ones and you can find them for like a couple dollars sometimes. Mm-hmm. What I usually do is like, if I'm looking, like I'll go find books that I like or think I might be interested in. 
If they're cheap, I'll just go ahead and buy them. If not, I'll add it to my wish list. And then once a month or so, I'll go back and check and see if a used one pop, pops up. And usually you can get them for a couple bucks with like 2 or $3 shipping. And then so instead of spending $20 on the book, you can get it delivered you know, for 5 or $6 and you're able to get a lot more. So I have a decent little library at the house. I haven't read most of them. Like I have four more books that I haven't read than the ones I have read, but having that readily available is, is really nice. Um, that's kind of been my secret. And then audible too. I've leaned on audible a lot more this year, probably about 40% audible. Um, I really like when the author reads it himself, like having them read it to me because usually the authors aren't the best narrators, but you get like, um, their tone and like what they're really trying to convey because they're the ones that wrote it. So they're reading they get their, it. They get so their you, own material. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. They, they, you get the full value out of it and it may not be the best narration, but I feel like I get more out of it that way, but I still buy the physical book because usually there might be pictures or, you know, notes or the appendix or whatever to be able to go back as a reference that you don't get with the audible. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. But I like, I like having the physical copy too, because there's usually little extra, um, like I said, notes or you know, the appendix and stuff that you can go reference. But Yeah, like one, one of the books, I just looked down your list real quick there, but one of the books that uh, Mike recommended was Grit by Angela Duckworth. And yeah, that's on the shelf. Yeah. I, that's uh, on my list too. I, 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 to, to go read. I grabbed that book on Audible, and she she's the one who reads it. And yeah, that's I, – I, I've been – because I've, I've done that with some fiction books, like listen to ones that the author read, and that – was less awesome <laughs> but so i was a little bit hesitant initially but she yeah that with the nonfiction stuff yeah that's what i noticed is like because it's her material like way way different inflection comes out of that absolutely um, and yeah that is a super awesome book by the way i'm all about that book right now yeah, I've, but... been, I've heard about that for years it's I've, it's sitting on the shelf and i keep saying i'm gonna pick it up but uh, it's one of those ones that just keeps getting pushed down the line i almost picked it up last year like around september i think but ended up going somewhere else so many books a little time you know <laughs> right but i've heard a, a lot of good stuff about that particular one so maybe that's the motivation i need to go actually read it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you, should, uh, you really should go lay, listen to the Mike uh, the Mike Green episode because yeah, there's definitely a lot of book recommendations on there if that matters to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I won't I won't try and lock you into one because I know that can be really hard. But if there were like two, three, five books that like really have stood out to you that you'd be like, yeah, if you're not a big reader, like you should probably still go check these books out. Uh, yes. So that's actually one thing I'm working on is taking that book. So like, if you look on the, I have it pulled up. If you look there, I didn't prior to 2021, I didn't track it, but I have like the 2020 and previous just alphabetized on what I've, what I know I've read. And there's probably others that are, that aren't on that list. But one thing I am going to do is start compiling a list, um, like the top 10 for different genres, you know, so like, you know, personal development or business or history or fiction or whatever, kind of developing, those lists um just because people ask that all the time so if i can make like a top 10 or top 15 like hey if you don't read anything else this is a good place to start you know um and then on the 2021 and 22 tabs there i started putting the ones that are yellow those are like the top 10 overall i just made that just um there's so many good books um 
I'll just kind of look at some extreme ownership. I read that, you know, the beginning of 2022 or 21 rather. Um, that was a really good one. It's just personal development kind of stuff. Um, you know, talking about just leadership and overall, whether it's, you know, obviously those guys came from the, from the teams and stuff, but it, there's a lot of really good, um, application, you know, for anybody really. Um, Marcus Aurelius, his meditations, that's, you know, super cliche and stuff. You know, everyone's, um, uh, you know, that's, everyone knows about that, but that's, that's been a pretty good book. Um, Seneca, I actually like a lot of his stuff, um, on the shortness of life that I read that maybe 2019, 2020, that one really hit me pretty good. I I like that one quite a bit. It just, and part of it too, is like the, the mood that you're in, I guess, or like what you're going through personally, when you read stuff that kind of has an impact, but that one was a definitely very impactful one for me. Um, Oh, here, here's another good one off the list from 2021. It's all about the guest. Um, that was a really good one. That was right about the time when we were about to open up the range. Like we were in the process of closing on the range. So I was trying to read some hospitality books. Like um, the guy comes from, he's a, he's a restaurant restaurateur, I guess is the right word. Um, but that was a that was a really good book on hospitality and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know, there's, there's so many out there. And I read so many different, um, I guess genres and stuff. Um, Malcolm Gladwell is really good. I love a lot of his stuff. Definitely listen to it on, on Audible. He's the author and narrates it, but he's also a really, really good narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just very interesting. Um, even the other stuff that he does, like the Bomber Mafia, which is like the World War II, um, you know, development of the the bomb sites and like their missile tracking system, or not missile tracking, but like the way that they were more accurately able to bomb and stuff. That was a pretty cool. Um, that was a pretty cool read, and you know he's like a very, very accomplished narrator. So, got definitely get a lot out of his books. Um, another one that I really, really like was um, "Fooled by Randomness" by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more famous for the Black Swan, but his mm-hmm. first book I got way more out of that than I did the Black Swan. Um, it's just all about like you know risk and not and the whole the whole series the only book of his i haven't read is i think skin in the game which is his most latest book but i've read the um his other four previous ones but he has other books too but they're mainly like technical manuals on you know um on that and and stuff because he's uh he's a wall street guy mm-hmm. but uh fooled by randomness i got a lot out of and then the black swan was pretty good but he's really famous for that which i think Fooled by Randomness, Randomness does a better job of explaining that. Um, and then his last one is Anti-Fragile, which is kind of like taking both of those books and going deeper into the whole, into everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I, could, I, I could go on and on about this. I, I really enjoyed Anti-Fragile. That, like, that, I thought that whole concept was really, re- like, really interesting. Um, He's an interesting he person, too. Like some of his personality and like his mannerisms and stuff kind of come out. I read all all the ones I read from him were the physical format, but like um, he's just an interesting person in general. I think, which I I kind of like seeing, getting like a little glimpse of him himself is in in addition to like what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But that's actually one of the things like we're talking about as a broad theme on here too is you know basically like anti fragility, I guess. For lack mm-hmm. of word. like, so right before you came on, we actually just recorded that one. That's and uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're starting on the theme, and that's like it's just 
you know, again, these are these are principles you can apply like anywhere, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, resilience and, you know, seeking out adversity to better yourself. Like, it's kind of what that episode was about. So, yeah, that's like, yeah, like anti-fragile, he talks about in there, like the way he got that is like the opposite of being fragile, you know, like, um, like, you know, take like a glass, like a crystal, you know, wine glass or something, the more stress you have on it, the the more likely it is to break, but anti-fragile is the exact opposite of that. The more stress that you have, the less likely it is to break. And, you know, these stressors kind of like working out, you know, so like, that's what you're doing. It's like, you're putting strain on your muscles. And then as a result, you're getting better. Um, that's a poor way of explaining it, I guess, but that's one of the, I guess the, the overall themes of the book. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. That's awesome though. But, or like you said, you know, just sort of misinterpreting events. You know, like you see something, mm-hmm. you see something develop in front of you and you, you read it, you just read the room completely wrong. Yeah. You know, like, again, that has applications to everything, including tactical kind of, you know, in a way too, right? Like, oh yeah. There's so many different ways you can apply it. Like through all aspects of life. Business, you there's, know, everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is a good point. We can. We can go to the the soapbox segment, what I think I'm going to call it now. Um, yeah, yeah, we've we, we've we've brought the soapbox and it's uh it's yours to use, Ike. So oh wow! If that's what, what you're welcome to get preachy. I mean, if if it's a bone you have to pick, if it's an idea right. that you want to, yeah. If uh, if it's just something you're excited about, like yeah. Uh. So one one thing that irritates me about this industry is, you know, company X will come out with a product or whatever that's designed for a very specific application. And, you know, it's to cater to this one segment over here. And then everyone over here is is like, oh, that's stupid. It doesn't apply to me. So it's a stupid product. It's like, well, it wasn't designed for you. Like you can, if it's not for you, just like scroll on past it. But just because it doesn't fit your needs doesn't mean that these other people over here whose needs it was specifically designed to fix like it's it's like trying to bitch about the enigma or whatever because it's not a duty rig it's like well yeah like i'm a uniformed cop is not going to go carry an enigma like that's obvious this is a gross exaggeration but like it's it's stuff like that it's like it's not that's not what it was designed for so and for what it was designed for this you know specific application over here it's perfect for that but it's not for everyone it's not meant to replace all these other good options over here it's just made for this small little niche but people can't can't or are unwilling to see past that and just want to bitch about everything i think a lot of it too is just people just like to to complain and in general so it's another way for them to but the problem with that is is like you have you know xyz over here who's your new gun owner or whatever new guy that doesn't really know much he sees everyone bitching about this thing or talking down on it and saying it's stupid or or whatever so then he completely entirely discounts that whole company or that whole product um when it might actually be a good thing it's it's if all you know is this and everyone is saying bad stuff about this you don't know any better and the people that do know better um a perfect example is like the, the striker control device like um you know like it, yeah they're, 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 <laughs> that that is the, the most like rod. cancer causing posts you know the comments that you read on those posts are are just you know, insane. Um, but I think a lot of people don't really, and sometimes people are just like, you know, um, 
you know, having fun or trolling or whatever, but I don't think they realize the implications that that has and on people who may not know better. And that's all they know is that's what they think is the new reality. You know, perception is reality. And then um, I think it does a lot of harm. And I, I wish that's one thing I, w- I wish would stop was if it doesn't apply to you, if it truly is a horrible or unsafe product, that's one thing. But like, if it's not meant for your needs and it's meant for something else, like just scroll on past and nobody cares about your opinion, dude. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of things. But yeah, there's and what's and what's your opinion the worth? More so, exactly. You, know, you got people who like have opinions. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the internet is great, but the worst thing it does is it gives people a voice who shouldn't have a voice. Like. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's worth anything. Like, what what makes you qualified to have an opinion on this? Like, you're welcome to your opinion, but it doesn't mean it's worth a shit. You know, it's it gives everyone too much of a voice, especially people that probably shouldn't have a voice. But it's good and bad. Yeah, but yeah, we've we've talked about that on this show too, where like, did did you did you actually earn the opinion that you have, or are you just parroting some other dude's opinion that? You you might not even fully understand what that dude's opinion is. That's um, another big thing is like people trying to posture and, you know, just parroting what other, you know, qualified experts, their opinion, why they're, the opinion that they're parroting is correct, but they don't know why it's correct. And they're just parroting it for no reason. That's that, man, I could, you guys got me going. I could keep on going about this. Stuff. Go for it. You're man. welcome to. Uh, no, but keep just going. stuff like that is, you know, just, Parroting is one thing, but if you don't understand the why behind it, you're not doing any good. And I don't know if it's people trying to boost their own egos or trying to seem relevant or, you know, I think people should, you know, the old saying, you have two ears and one mouth. Um, it's better to, to, to follow that, I guess. Just, just listen more, not try and be such a show how everyone, how smart and cool you are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you you get into a, a situation, and especially a lot of these like Gen Pop gun groups on Facebook, where everybody's trying to be the smartest dude in the room, mm-hmm. and it's it's really awesome when you're sc- well, like I don't comment on those anymore. It's it's not worth the heartburn, but it's funny to scroll through, and yeah, you'll see guys starting arguments with the dude that might actually be the smartest person on the topic in the room, and they just don't know who they're talking to. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like back in the day when people were like trying to talk shit to Chuck Pressburg, you know, under the, the you know the alias or whatever, and it's like, dude, you have you you're you're out of your element, Donnie. Yeah, out of your element, Donnie. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, but that's funny though. Like when we've talked about this, we referred to this multiple times. Look how that situation reversed, right? Like because now that everybody knows who he is, like it's like playing the Chuck card. So people mm-hmm. who like can't defend their own fucking ideas, like well Chuck Pressburg said, or or they tag him in like to fucking. Yeah. I'm like I I can't make this argument, so Chuck come come bail yeah. me out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know enough to, about this to defend this position that I've decided to take. So please come validate me. <laughs> but it's like the nuclear option. Like I fucking win. Like just knock over the whole board. Like. <laughs> Flip the table. Yeah, flip, flip the Monopoly board. Like, yeah. your game. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's 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 been a weird one for sure. Like, it's just there's there's no there's no in between. There's no happy medium about it. It's just 
don't know. <laughs> so what else? Oh man, I, I better stop, otherwise I'll I'll keep going and probably say some things I shouldn't say. <laughs> Fair. Uh, man. Well, that's all right. That was so, good. We got brought up some good points there, though. Absolutely, man. And that's 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 what this is for. Like, if you ever want to come back, like, just let us know. If you got something, yeah. If I'm having a bad all, day, I'll just come over here and bitch about every. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. And we're we're good offline too. We have we have much much more candid conversations when we're not recording. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but we we kind of have probably you know tangentially gone near it. But uh, so in your mind, what what does it mean to be you know our 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 watchword? You know, don't be a piece of shit. Like, what does that mean to you? May just be a good human, you know, like there's so many opportunities you have throughout the day to have a positive impact on somebody else's life, like whether it's just like not being a dick to somebody like start with that. Just like be cool, man. Um, I don't know. Just. Just I mean, just be cool is kind of like the a good way to describe it. Just um, I mean, whether it's. You know, tipping your weight staff appropriately. You know, you can have a really good impact on somebody's day just by doing that. Being nice to the person, like a perfect example is like all this. Um, I think Michael Gerlich made a post about this. He was like, you know, all the airlines they actually have a secret fleet of of planes that are on standby, that that are ready for you. You just have to be rude enough to the to the ticket <laughs> counter person. You know, um, it's like don't take out, don't project all your negativity and your frustration out on people that can't control it like uh, um i can't count how many times like we'll be in a restaurant or something we'll see people just being rude to the wait staff for no reason like number one i don't want to be rude to the person handling my food um i'm kind of worried about that but like yeah i mean you can yeah, you can make or ruin somebody's day just by the way you interact with them and you know you might be frustrated whether it's somebody at a store or at the airline but can that person there really do anything to help your problem. So why are you going to make their day worse on top of your bad day? And then now everyone's in a bad mood and then they end up being rude to somebody else down the line. And it just has this big old domino effect. You know, just be nice. And you get a whole you get way more farther in life in general, just by being nice, you know? Um, so why not just have a positive impact on somebody else's day and, you know, maybe make that domino effect, uh, you know, continue on down the line, not just for you, for what you get out of it, but for what that person, and then they might have a positive impact on somebody else. And you, you know, just not trying to sound all hippie and, you know, you know, spread kindness and shit, but, uh, just like, we we, we get it, man. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there, there really is no need to, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's hippie, man. Like, I think that's just, it shouldn't be hippie. It should be like fucking common sense. Like, Like, not being a dick. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like I said, it's not just it's not just you know don't be bad. Actually, like strive to be good. Like, you know, yeah, like our whole thing is just trying to have like a positive impact on, you know, not 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 be neutral, not be bad, but actually, it doesn't have to be anything big. It can just be like just a simple act of kindness or just being just being nice. You know, that that can go a long way and give you a net positive outcome or you know impact on the world that day. But yeah. For sure. yeah. and clearly it's it's working and as i said we're we're we're, we're circling back we're, we're probably you know covering some of the same ground but like you said it's, it's working in your business which is really awesome to see yeah, yeah it's funny you bring up the uh you know looking at how people treat wait staff honestly the i th- i think 
for me, the shittiest job I ever had. I worked at a, I worked at at a Caribou Coffee for, I think I made it. I think I made it all the two months working there. And holy shit, like <laughs> the way some people treat the person behind the counter is unreal. It's un- like it's insane, man. It's like I'm gonna like I'm gonna reach across the counter and drag you over it. I'm gonna leave in handcuffs and not have a single regret. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, like it really is. Like, is that is that necessary? And like, you know, even now standing in line places and like, yeah, how how they treat the clerk at the gas station or yeah, the person working behind or you know working the restaurant. Like, my wife spent a whole bunch of years working different restaurants and like, man. It just, it takes so little of yourself not to be an asshole to that person. Like, it's going to cost you nothing. <laughs> just... Yeah, and, and the weird thing is people don't even consider the implications of, like, not directly, not even cost you something, but think about what you can avoid, like, negatively, you know? Because what if that situation, you know, yeah, you have your input, but... You don't know how that situation is going to turn out. And like that could cost you a lot. Well, yeah, to, to play off of that, like I dealt with a couple of neighbors here this last week who were all mad at each other over snow removal. And they decided to call the cops about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and which I, I, I guess that's maybe I mean, a, the, a I better mean, option than some. To their credit, yeah, at least like they didn't do that. Like, what was that? Like a year or two ago, that shit. Yeah, like Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, like, and that's yeah, exactly like, where I was going. Murdering each other over it, but still, it's like you called the fucking cops over this. But yeah, it's like that's that's just it, though. It's like, man, if you had a like an ounce more patience with your neighbors and like maybe maybe talk neighborly to your neighbors. The what crazy a weird thing concept. is, you still got to live next to those dudes. Like, yeah, right. He, he ain't going. To- you know, so like you're gonna escalate it this high, and then you gotta see them next Friday. You know, when, on your way to work. You know, it's especially the people you have to interact with on a on a regular basis. Try and be yeah. cool to them because it's gonna get awkward, and it's not gonna make your life any better. If I mean, sometimes it might just be swallowing your pride and you know being the bigger man or whatever. But like, is it worth it in the long run? If yeah, I can escalate this and be a dick, but I'm gonna have to see him next week. You know, because he's literally lives right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And does it does it turn into a situation where yeah, it escalates like it did in Pennsylvania? And now you've got yeah. three people dead, like over snow. That yeah, was that last year or was that two years ago? I think that might have been two years ago, but oh, yeah, right. it, was it was recently enough. Yeah, recently. That was that was the video, crazy. dude. Like most people. Saw oh yeah, like it was wild. Like truly. Sorry, the years kind of run together for me. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's twenty twenty something. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, twenty something post COVID, like. (laughs) But yeah, and like on on the flip side though, like man, if you take a little bit of time, treat those people decently. Like when I'm like when I'm when I'm working, when I'm in uniform, you know, I I, like every everybody at all the gas stations I go to to get my coffee are wearing name tags. Like I can call them by their name. Like that's a really easy way to just treat somebody like a human being, and. I've found if you're decent to those people, like a lot of them happen to see a lot more than people realize. I've I've gotten some good tips just from being decent to those people. You know, they don't want to talk to the asshole cop because they want him to go away. Yeah. So if you're friendly, have a conversation with those people. Like, might uh, 
might play out better than being a dick. Just maybe. <laughs> weird, weird concept. Well, shoot, if, uh, if none of you guys have any saved rounds, I say we uh, get to the end of this. Ike, what uh, what do you want to tell people about big techs? I mean, you're welcome to turn this into into as much a commercial as you want to. It's <laughs> uh, man, just buy some stuff from us. I don't know. BigTechSwordance.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take your money if you want to send it to us. Uh, we'll send you some cool stuff in return. We'll send you some candy, some stickers, copy of the U.S. Swag. Constitution. Yeah, maybe maybe the parts that you ordered too. We might send those too. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's um no just check us out man if it's if it's something something that that you're looking for that we carry think about us and yeah i guess that's about it yeah like a hundred percent i will i will flat out just chill for you like if if big text has it like just just go buy it there Mm -hmm. do do everybody a favor like you know, yeah. If they, uh, if, if they don't have it, you might even not need it. So just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It might be a clue. I will say. I think, yeah, if we don't have it, you probably don't need it. No, uh, th- I, there's there's a new slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously, dude. I, I want credit. <laughs> like, yeah, well, give you give you a kick, a little royalty or kickback yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I have one more one more sh- short question, maybe. Uh, but on on the candy thing, why do you, why do you guys include candy in all your orders? I mean, it definite plus from orders for big techs, but yeah, no, it's just something cool that we can do. Like the, the constitutions, we stole that from Mark Larue, Larue Tactical. Like, I mean, it, I was ordering from Mark, you know, years ago, and I thought that was super fucking cool that they care, you know, included a copy of the constitution. So from day one, we've always done that. I was like, this is cool, you know probably be good if more people read this so we're going to do that we order it by the pallets you know we've sent i don't even know how many tens of thousands of constitutions out last year alone um but we do that and then the stickers has been a big thing for us you know people like stickers like grown men love stickers it's crazy i think (laughs) facts uh uh uh, so we do the stickers too and the candy it's just you know something a little cool something that we can do you know to you know you get your gun parts and stuff and then you get a little 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 candy too um the actual real reason though is we own five percent of all the dentists in america um so the candies and stuff you know we're we're we're, uh we're it's it's all about return on investment Mm -hmm. you know that's right we're we're making money on this side and we're raking it in on the dentist (laughs) the dental bills um illuminati yeah (laughs) (laughs) knew it i knew there was a conspiracy somewhere yeah, so if you turn the logo sideways, you'll actually see like the all C and I, you know, there. No, I'm just <laughs> damn. <laughs> no, it's just something cool we can do in addition to the first or was or was uh like Dark Star put like the lemon heads in there before you Oh yeah, Dark Star was doing that way before us. So like yeah, um that's probably yeah, he does the lemon heads. He was always known for the lemon heads. We actually have a Dark Star gear sticker, you know, that's on the lemon head box, but it's Dark Star yep, Gear. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Tom always remember ordering from him and getting a a box or two of the lemon heads. Um, and yeah, so we do like the war heads. Um, we got these little root beer barrels, like the old timey root beer barrels. Um, those are good. We did the Laffy Taffy. Um, we, we did Smarties, but Smarties would come apart and then you'd have like stuff. We did Pixie Sticks. Pixie Sticks came apart and there's like Pixie Stick dust all over your crap. Um, chocolate, we don't do that because, you know, sometimes it's hot where people stuff gets sent. So we got to kind of watch the candy we send, but we try not to have just like the, you know, the, the crappy candy, you know, we try and get some, some quality stuff in there. 
it's hard finding individually wrapped stuff though um like a lot of the places that we want to go buy in bulk is all like loose candy so we have to find the individually wrapped stuff and jolly ranchers those tend to melt too and those kind of leak out and they get sticky yeah it's a War, whole, warheads we spend please, a, please please and thank you more <laughs> yeah so we, we we definitely load up on the warheads man it's put a lot of effort into the candy selection that we have i love warheads I, um they're one Curated. of my favorites i like it i like yes, it. it is it's Definitely Delicious. a custom man, a man, a man of wealth and taste here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Like, I, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. Um, Thank you, man. I hope, you know, out of the, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Out of the Both 32 of our listeners or whatever we have, I <laughs> hopefully we get one or two of them to go over and buy some stuff from big techs. Cause I, I think you guys are worth supporting. So we appreciate that. Cool. Absolutely. Well, Until next time. Yeah. Don't be a piece of shit.